Oh my god! Oh my god! Like me and coach. coach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was so good. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, how are you doing? You know, I actually think I'm in a better mood than I have been recently. Really? Yeah. I mean, it ebbs and flows. I go through moments where I feel confident and about the bar, not about myself. Like, (laughs) um, (laughs) just kidding. No, no, no. Um, No, I actually texted a friend. I don't want to die today. And she was like, oh, are you, am I missing something? Like, and I was like, no, no, no. I just like, I'm feeling good about the material, (laughs) but, uh, but no. I think Great. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pretty good. And that's an um, alarming text message just for future reference. I, yes, I know. I will um, not do that in the future. Okay. Great. But yeah, no, things are, things are pretty good. And I did some, so I've, I'm at my parents for the last two and a half ish weeks before, like, t- I'm going to take the bar with, at my parents' place. It's, much better to be out of LA where I don't feel any pull to the social life. Um, and I also don't have to be an adult. It's very nice to have a parent to take care of you during this time. Yes, absolutely. Understandable. Yeah. But I did some fun things in LA before I left. So I actually have some updates that aren't oh, related. Yeah. Well, I have many updates as previously discussed, but you go first. Okay. I paused my pause. I paused my dating pause. Paused your pause. Love it. I paused the pause because I had matched with this guy the week before July 4th. Mm -hmm. Conversation on Bumble was good. Like I just had a good feeling and he was gone the entire week of July 4th in Atlanta visiting friends. And then so it, it was, everything was sort of delayed. So I kind of committed to it before I had like really doubled down on the pause. Yeah. I decided to go through with the date. It was on a Wednesday night and this Wednesday was a horrific day. I discovered my passport was expired and I also got a flat tire. I remember that day. And when I spoke that day, I cried in a tire center, it, whatever. <laughs> so. Um, Who hasn't cried in a tire center? Yeah. And so I actually like really considered canceling this date. And for some reason, I just stuck it. I just decided I was going to go. And I'm very glad I did. I quite like this guy. Quite like this guy. Yeah. It was a great date. He and I talked about in my profile, I have one of the things that I like is random trivia. Uh-huh. And so he found a bar with a trivia night near me. And we did. Um, so we did trivia and we actually did pretty well. Like most teams obviously have like five people at bar trivia yeah. obviously it was just the two of us and we got fifth so like not bad okay okay he is so smart it was crazy he knew so many of these answers where i was like where did that fucking come from it was so impressive and just great conversation obviously we had an activity too so we were sort of bouncing between talking about something and then doing trivia i love that very like low stakes low effort activity it was it was perfect, and I think if the date had gone badly, we could have done one round and been and I could have said like, "Oh, I'm so tired, I have to study," or like, "And we're sucking, so like we can go." Right. Um, but yeah, we we stayed through for the whole time. At the end of the date, he said, "You know, so should we make a plan for a second date now?" 
And I had to explain, well, I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Right. Yeah. And his face like fell. It was very cute. And so I said, you know, like, I'm going to be gone. Here's the deal. And he obviously said, I completely understand that totally makes sense. And then in terms of just like clear interest, clear communication, maturity, we love to see it. No games. He texted me and said, you know, it, he's like, it feels a little tough that I'm not going to be able to go on an in-person second date with you until end of July or early August. But I know that like Texas is the right call for this. And I think you're going to do so great on the bar. And I really hope that we can, you know, talk on the phone, FaceTime, do something while you're there. And so, yeah, we have a um, FaceTime date for Thursday night and yeah. I love that. So what are we calling him? I, I mean, should we just call him trivia? Yeah. Trivial we can call him whatever you want. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we should, we'll call him that. Great. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I feel very good about it. It's nice. And the texting cadence has been really good. It's a, it's, it just feels good. That's amazing. Yeah. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're, they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal, and what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little, little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. What about you? How's the comic? I have a, I have a lot of updates. Oh, gosh. So the comic, we continued to text throughout. So as listeners know, he texted me- Mid-pod. Yeah, which continues to happen, and I highly doubt it's going to happen this time. But And we texted a little bit throughout the week, and we had previously talked about going on a second date. Like That's the reason – I think I mentioned this last week. He said, if you want to go on a second date, send me your number and hinge. Yes. And, and I did, i.e., I want to go on a second date. Correct. But there wasn't really any talk of that, and then things kind of fizzled via text message – I went away for the weekend. I went to a volleyball tournament. More on that in a moment. And I got back last night, Sunday night or whenever, two days ago. And I texted him to just say, hey, checking in. I was out of town. You know, how was your week? We went back and forth twice and that was it. Ugh, I'm disappointed. I know. And he also didn't respond to the last thing I said, which kind of I expected a response. Yeah, I'm su- I'm, I'm surprised. I totally am too. And I I now am sort of like in this quandary of it wasn't a direct question. He could have just decided not to respond. Mm -hmm. But like I feel like if he wanted to go on a second date, he would respond. I agree. So now so now but he didn't really ghost me technically. So it's like what should I just ask him out? But now that's like the second time that I've picked up a fizzled conversation. 
Yes, that's true. Um, with what you know now of this communication, how badly do you want to go on a second date? I mean, I'm not like gangbusters about it, but like I thought we had a really good time on our first date. I thought that he wanted to go on a second date. I'm like, I'm more so just confused. Yeah. About what happened. Yeah, I am too. I do think what would give you the most total clarity is asking him out and seeing what happens. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just say something like, so like whatever happened to that second date or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think you could even reference giving your number via hinge or how, um, like, I think you could do a callback. Yeah. I think that's what I'll do. So that's the comic update. More to come there. Hmm. Um, also, if you remember, I was supposed to go on a date double header the day yeah. that I went out with the comic. I posted a poll to my Instagram. The guy canceled last minute. I posted a poll to my Instagram asking, like, what do you, will this guy reschedule? What do you think? I voted he will not. So did 97% of people. <laughs> Holy crap, we're so cynical. <laughs> and to be honest, I was in that camp as well. But let me tell you, dear listeners, we have a follow-up. Wow, that's so great. What, yeah. what did he say? So he reached back out. This was last week. Mm-hmm. So like a week later, maybe not even a week later, he reached back out and basically said like, you know, so I owe you I owe you a date. Like when can I like cash in on this on this debt that I owe you? Great. Yeah, it timing didn't work out because he texted me the day before I left for my trip and then he left for a week-long trip the day I got back. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to go out. We don't have a date on the books yet, but he doesn't get back until like I think next Sunday. Okay, so there's a little bit of a a little bit of a runway here. Yeah, but we've kind of been messaging a little bit back and forth. So I feel right. I feel good about it and I I'm he proved us all wrong. Proved 97% of us wrong. 97% of us, both of us included. Yeah. Um, Good. We love yeah, to see Yeah. We do. We do. Um, but my sort of most exciting update is I met a guy in real life this weekend. <gasps> wow. That's so unlike you. <laughs> I know. And also for the listeners, oftentimes Rourke and I will pretend that we haven't heard something before, but Rourke has legitimately not heard this yet. I, I know. I'm really excited. You. Yeah. I, I haven't known so, any of this so far. This is all new. That's true. That's true. Um, but the other That's ones weren't like part of that is because you had shit reception this weekend, so we were like very non-communicative. It was terrible. I honestly, <laughs> this was I, I took PTO on Friday to play yeah. in this tournament. This is probably the first vacation day that I have fully unplugged because I literally had to. I was going to say you had no choice. <laughs> the catch was I didn't know I was going to have to until I arrived. Lol. So Oops. yeah, it was like in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin absolutely no reception. So, and it was the best weekend. Um, yeah. So I met a guy, um, we're calling him the camper. Okay. And he is a volleyball player. Pretty, that was probably obvious. Um, and I met him on Saturday at the tournament and it was, uh, it was pretty great. We're still talking. What's his deal? Does he live in middle of nowhere, Wisconsin? No, he lives in Chicago. Okay. And he, so he was only there on, so I was there from Thursday to Sunday. He was only there Saturday to Sunday. Um, And I met him through, so we all, you kind of like form these like pods at these tournaments where you have these like, they're called easy ups, canopies. Mm. Um, And you 
basically like become a little family with the people that are under your canopy. And if you don't have a canopy, you Allie, like, you'd, you'd be fine at Burning Man. I, I'm I just going to put that out there. <laughs> this is Burning Man. So it's funny that you say that, Rook, because we actually were saying throughout the weekend that this particular tournament felt like Burning Man with volleyball. Boom. I, I'm so glad I called that. Wow. The one thing that I cannot do is sleep not in a bed. Mm, okay. Like, I'm not a camper. This man is a camper, apparently. This man is, well, he camped this one time. I don't think he's like a habitual camper. Got but, it. um, so sure, that, he, that, um, he and the newcomer can go camping together for a month. Perfect. Um, but yes, we were remarking on that down to the fact that there were people doing shrooms. Yeah, this is this is a vibe. Yeah, like playing volleyball. Like we were watching the semifinals. This is incredibly high level volleyball. And somebody was like, oh yeah, those guys are on shrooms in the fucking semifinal match of this that tournament. That is insane. Well, I yeah, think there's nuts. a famous billiards player who would do heroin before. What? Yeah, because the theory is that if you're very good at something like physically, like you are able yeah. to do the physical mechanics of something very well, then what's getting in your way is usually mental. Um, and so the idea was that he would completely just like mellow out and have no nerves, different, different substance, but you yeah, know, well, this is not an advice podcast. Guys. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so, he is about to move in with one of the guys who was in my canopy. Okay. So the, that guy, the whole weekend, Thursday, Friday, was talking about his new roommate and how he's really excited to move into this new apartment. He's like currently living in like a not great area, whatever. Um, and so then I met him and I like wasn't in a I'm, I might meet a man headspace. Like I was mm-hmm. – Playing volleyball, I was like very focused. We were not playing well, so I was not in a good mood. Um, um, this was on Saturday. I would so be afraid was, to be around you. <laughs> it wasn't like – I don't think other people – I just like didn't – I wasn't in a small talk mood. Understandable. I wasn't trying to like meet strangers. So – and this guy was not in our canopy. He was next door. So later after we finished playing and we'd like started drinking and, you know, like things were on the up and up – I was talking to another guy that I had met and I was like, his name is Corey. I was like, yo, Corey, there are so many tall, cute guys at this tournament. Like you got to have wingman for me. I need like, I need a makeout partner for today is what I said to him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, is there anybody on your radar already? I was like, well, yes. But I think, I think that that guy's makeout partner number two, I'd like to find makeout partner number one. Mostly wow. because the number two guy that I was referring to was like 22. Oh, okay. So I was okay. like, I probably could entertain that, but I probably should not. Agreed. I, I support that choice. So I was searching for a more age-appropriate makeout partner. I am glad for you. I love yeah. that. So also let's remember that I hadn't kissed somebody since January. True. Yeah. We confirmed. Didn't need it to be a – We did, you helped me confirm. Thank you. Um, uh, no, didn't no. Need it. Didn't need it to be a 22-year-old. So Corey was like, okay, I got you. So then the day night continues. I continue to talk to this guy. We end up talking the whole night, um, the camper, Mm -hmm. and we actually missed the finals, which everyone watches because we were talking in the bar. Wow. Yeah. Um, We were like dancing. There's a band that comes and plays and just having such a good time. 
a lot of people at this tournament stay at a campsite that's across the street. He was staying there. So like me and my friends went with him and his friends back to the campsite where there was like an additional dance party. It was just the best night. That sounds so fun. It was really fun. Towards the end of the night, he revealed to me. So he said, he was like, okay, he asked for my number and he was like, but when you put your when you put my number in your phone, I want you to put it in there as makeout partner number one. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> that is so good. Turns out he was in the canopy next to ours and heard that entire conversation. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And when I walked away, he went up to Corey and was like, Yo, Corey, how do Stop I get to be makeup partner number one? Yeah. Oh like, my God. Oh my God. Like, put me, me in, coach. In coach. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. Amazing. So, it was a great night. Um, like I said, we're continuing to text. Okay. And I think I'm heading back to Chicago in September for another tournament. Um, so, and we've already talked about the fact that I'm doing that and we'll see each other then. Amazing. Potential, potential. Yeah. We, I mean, we'll see. It's, you know, he, like we've discussed, long distance is not, I am not looking for long distance. Um, and he's also kind of young. He's 27. Mm, okay. Uh, but he's very cool. I like him. Great. I'm excited. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did not, and because I didn't have service, I didn't have any phone throwing moments. So really, it was a very successful week. Great, it was um, it was an impossibility. Yeah, this is this is not a personal update so much as a our listeners are lovely update. I just want to say, in the process of talking about my stress with the bar, I have gotten so many thoughtful DMs from listeners who are lawyers across the country, just saying, and even in Canada, actually, and Mm. just saying, you know, I know what this time is like, it absolutely sucks, you're gonna get through it. And then once you're on the other side, it's just like, once it's in the rearview mirror, it's like it never happened. And you have this whole new mindset and everything's gonna be great. And then I actually was DMing for a little bit last night with somebody who is taking it in two weeks as well. And so it's just been so, so nice to have this sort of like community of support. And I just want to thank everyone who has reached out and it has sincerely really improved my mood to get those messages. So thank you. That's so lovely. I love our listeners. Me too. Um, Well, our weird or not for the week is something that you and I are kind of doing. I've realized we, who, what? (laughs) <laughs> I, I am definitely doing it. So our weird or not this week is they talk about plans month in, months in advance after only one date. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And shout out to my best friend, Cindy, because she pointed this out to me when I told her the story because she'd seen the weird or not poll. And then I yeah. told her the story about the camper. And she was like, so like, you're doing that. You know that, right? <laughs> Of course, I'm going to find a caveat. I think it's different. (laughs) I do think it's different. I do think it's different. But it's just kind of funny that both of us are planning like long range second dates the week that we have this weird or nah. True. I I wrote a story in my head about what this weird or nah was getting at in that I think it is getting at things like, oh, when we take our first trip together or, oh, when we do this. Absolutely. Not, there is a functional reason why we can't see each other for a month. Let's be intentional about seeing each other next month. 
I totally agree with you. Okay, thank um, you. <laughs> but backing up a little bit, what do you think the weirder or not split was from the followers? I think this is pretty clearly weird. However, I think that it can feel good to hear this sometimes. And so I don't want to underestimate that contingent. But I still think I'm going to say 70 weird, 30 not. You're getting much better at this. Thank you. <laughs> it is 75 weird, 25 nah. That's a win. That's, that is a freaking win. I think that's a win. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> and we also should mention that this was a weird or not submission through our submission form from a listener. So if you want your weird or not featured, findingmrhight.com slash podcast. There are some super funny ones on there and I'm really excited. Uh, yeah. I was looking at them today actually. Yeah, so most people said this is weird, and several people actually mentioned today's topic of love bombing. Yep. And they said that, you know, it's too much too soon. This is a sign of love bombing. You know, you're overly familiar with somebody you don't know. Yeah. All of the reasons why both of us think that's weird. Yep. The gnaw contingent, and I, I totally get this contingent because I think I have fallen into it myself. To a person, all of them said, like, if you like them, it's not. Nah, and if you don't like them, it's weird. Mm, interesting. I So it's sort of outcome determinative. I, uh, I, I kind of disagree. Yeah. Well, I think if you don't like them, it's definitely weird. For sure. But I think – I also think that there's a difference in how it's presented. Very true. There's a difference between – when we go on our first trip, let's go to Spain. And like, oh my God, I've always wanted to go to Spain. Oh, so have you. That's so cool. Something, you know, like kind of like looser. Totally. Versus, you know, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. I actually sent a trivia man is not on TikTok. And we were talking about various TikTok stuff. And so... um I sent him a TikTok that I came across about this underground omakase place that is hidden under. Yeah, it's very cool. And so I said, like, this can, this is something TikTok can be great for that isn't, you know, teenagers dancing. And his response was, oh, well, we've got to go when you're back. And that to me is completely fine. Absolutely fine. Especially because you're planning a literal second date and that could be what you do for it. Exactly. Yes. Um, another contingent that I do want to mention of people who didn't think it was weird said that to them, that is indicative of somebody who's not afraid of commitment. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I see why they say that. I think that this is something to me that leans towards Actually, this is a perfect example of a red flag mm. that to me, if somebody did this, it is a red flag. This is a cause for pause. And then you got to do the investigation of, is this somebody who is just expressing genuine interest and mutual excitement or to our point, sort of amorphous, like, oh my gosh, one day I'd love to do that. I would love to do that too. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it with you. Right. Etc. But then I think there is a way that this spirals into a deal breaker equally easily. Yeah. And I think while I understand why it might seem like this means like somebody's not afraid of commitment, there is absolutely no commitment behind a, a sentence. 
Yes. I, something that I have to say to myself and that I've said to friends a lot where they will do something like going to an event or they'll do something where it would have been great to have help, but they didn't. And then text a guy about it. And the guy will say like, Oh my gosh, I would have totally helped you move. You should have asked me. Mm. I don't know about that. That is a very easy thing to say at this moment in time after the task is over. (laughs) That's like a Monday morning quarterback statement. Yes. And so, and my friends will say like, how sweet is this? He would have helped me move. I'm like, would he though? No, we don't know. We don't we'll know. never know. We'll never know until you move again. And so, yeah. so yeah, yes. Very, very, very good point, Allie. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrheight.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time, and you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip, and a little update on that, a few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt, I want to come with my sister, I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind, half the trip being moms and daughter combos, everybody's excited to come doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So on that note of you know what a lot of people that said it was weird thought, we are talking about love bombing today. Yes. I think we should start by defining what it is. Always defining our terms. Always define our terms. And for me, so first of all, there is a difference, I think, between the actual act of it and the intent behind it. But in general, for me, love bombing is over-the-top affection and familiarity way too soon in a relationship. Yes, I agree. And I think that it's not only the affection too, I think it is it can be demand for your attention as well. You know, constantly wanting, like needing you to respond or be available or yeah, some sort of like feeling that, or some sort of communication to you that this is a lightning bolt and you guys were incredibly drawn together. You're the, yeah, it's that type of thing. Yeah. I think the words that often come up in a love bombing situation are, I've never felt this way before. Mm, Yeah. And I think that can be true, but I think after a first date, maybe not. Right. Or And maybe it is true, but are we saying that to the other person after a first date? Maybe don't. Agreed. And this came up on our podcast with our moms that I have a bit of a weird relationship to love bombing where 
I'm very sensitive to overuse of compliments before somebody knows me or sort of affirmations of me when they don't know me well. My friend Val, who is a married mother, devoted listener of the podcast, she was my sorority little. And it was a running thing that she was, she was my best friend in college and Mm -hmm. she was so, she is so nice and she was super well liked in the sorority and all these people would come into the sorority and then say, I love Val. That was my best friend. And I was like, that was not your fucking best friend. That was my best (laughs) friend. And I just hated that. I was like, no, you guys don't know Val to call her your best friend. That was my best friend. And so I am very like sensitive to these concepts. And yet my parents got engaged after six dates. Yeah. And so that's crazy. And yet here we are. And so like, I, I have this very bizarre internal tear where this raises all sorts of alarm bells for me. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, you could be married for 38 years and be very happy. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have that same push pull and my most recent relationship with the oyster that who I was with for some of 2020, it was love bombing. Mm-hmm. And we we went on the best first date of my life, which I've talked about before. It was this magnetic connection. We talked for hours. It was a way that I had really never felt before on a first date. And he was, in hindsight, extremely pushy about that fact. Mm. Like extremely pushy about, you know, come on, like haven't you like never felt this way before about anyone? And like, isn't this like the best first date? And in hindsight, yeah. That's called can, a leading question. That's right. <laughs> leading the witness, Your yeah, Honor. Yeah. That's my official lawyer thing. But in hindsight, you're like, ooh, ugh, gross. But in the moment, it felt really romantic. Yep. And, you know, when he wanted to see me two days later and then two days after that and, you know, said, I love you within two weeks and asked me to be his girlfriend on our third date, like all of these things felt extremely romantic in the moment. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it was way too much too soon. Yeah. I did not know him well enough to even be in a relationship with him, let alone love him. Yeah. And it turned into an extremely toxic situation. Yeah. So it's interesting. When we decided to do this topic, I I searched on Instagram the hashtag love bombing uh-huh. just to see the kinds of posts that you that were talking about it as a term all of them had an intersection with narcissism. Yeah. Do you think that that is a thing? I think that I think that's where the intent comes in. Okay. And in the in the case of of my ex, I I do not want to di- diagnose him as a narcissist. I mean colloquially, like narcissism yes. isn't technically a di- diagnosis. Yes, tr- true. I think he did a lot of things that that one would identify as narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And love bombing was one of them. I do think that love bombing intentionally, there's certainly a crossover there. Yes, like using it as a tactic. Yes, exactly. And even I don't know if he was using it as a tactic intentionally per se. Sure. But I do think that he wanted to ingratiate me to him. Mm-hmm. And that was how he did it. Yeah. And then there's a. This might actually get at your issue, the question of intent as well. There's a podcast that I love called Game of Roses, and they talk about a 
strategy on The Bachelor where a contestant will speak to a lead and will do something they call future casting, mm. which is, I can tell this is what it would be like if we were in normal life together, or, you know, this is what it would be like when we came home from work. And it's sort of this forecasting what your future is. That's what they call it, future casting, like forecasting yeah. what your future could be together. And so I think that where is the line between sort of like healthy future casting and sort of thinking about those things and then actually saying, I want this stuff with you. Like I'm looking at this future with you. And like, when does that become appropriate? I think this is a little bit like the situationship thing that we talked about last week where mm-hmm. I, I'll know it when I see it. Yeah. Where if you were asking, is this too much too soon? It likely is because that means that you are potentially uncomfortable with how quickly something is moving. Right. And you're wondering if the other person is genuine in that. Mm-hmm. I also think there's a tendency in addition to – and people brought up future casting in the Weird or Not, by the way. Um, I think it's a really good point. But the other thing that I think comes up is this happened with the oyster. He would say things that he wants in a future partner in ways that made it seem like it was me, but almost me. Ooh, I don't like where, that. Where like I wanted to, yeah. Where like I wanted to be that thing. Where like I was feeling like I would want to say to him, "Oh yeah, I'm like that." It's almost like future cast negging a little bit. A little bit. But I think that like the the reason I think it ties into love bombing without the negging thing is like yeah. the person is describing all of these things that they want in their future partner and you are like, oh yeah, I'm like that. I want mm-hmm. this. Oh yeah, I'm like that. And like back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it just turns into this, you're kind of <laughs> – the camper just texted me. Are you shitting me? <laughs> This can't be the bumper every time, Allie. (laughs) Oh, that was great. Um, We were, this this one is not as miraculous because we have been texting back and forth all day. He just happened to reply to the last thing I said just Thank you for some humility. I've received no texts in this (laughs) 40 minute session. The previous times were like out of nowhere text messages. (laughs) This was just a reply to something I said. I know. I'm totally teasing. Um, (laughs) I was actually wondering if that was going to happen because I sent it like an hour or so before we started recording. Oh my God. Where was I? So so I think that that can kind of feed the love bombing thing where you're both creating this vision of a future relationship that is completely based on things you're imagining about this other person because you don't actually know them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think that there's, I can definitely rate, I can definitely skew negative sometimes or unfeeling about things. And so, or maybe it's just like, I I sometimes feel better picturing the worst and then being surprised when things go well. And so often I kind of like the, um, the way that my therapist likes to say it is that Picturing the worst, all that does is uh, picturing a bad future robs yourself of current joy. And so mm-hmm. I try to allow myself, not to the person that I'm dating or talking to, whatever phase we're in, I I let myself sort of sort of picture good outcomes. Where like I'll let myself kind of like imagine, like, oh, like if we did that, if we if we went on that trip, or if he like met my parents, you know, obviously in a relatively reasonable you know, I'm not crazy, 
But I think that sort of imagining things going well is not a bad thing, certainly. No, not at all. I think there, but there's a difference between imagining those things for yourself and communicating them to the other person as things that will be. Yes, 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 absolutely. And, but discerning between the, you know, love bombing and like a genuine intense connection like your parents had, I, I think is almost impossible. I don't know if we can help with that. I know, for sure. We got a, we have a listener question that's very apt for this situation. And, The listener writes, I'm meeting this new guy. And even before the first date, he seems clingy. He says he's deleted all his dating apps and can see a future already after talking slash texting for less than two weeks. I've only had guys be distant. So this is a lot. How do I communicate that this clinginess is making me anxious? Yikes. I I agree. (laughs) So I almost want to not answer the question because... I think that this is a pretty major red flag and that I would suggest we don't go out with this person. I agree with you. I think this first, just to say, good job, listener. I think the instincts to want to have a boundary are great and to be clear about that. However, in this specific case, no date. (laughs) Right. Because so the boundary is great, right? But like, think about- Think about why you're needing to set that boundary. You're needing to set that boundary because this person who has never met you has displayed intense clinginess that's making you uncomfortable. Before you have Before met. you've ever met. I I don't see this getting to a comfortable place from this. Agreed. And I just also have to wonder how often this happens to this guy. Yeah. Be- what – I cannot imagine matching with somebody and texting with them and feeling like I should delete my apps. Absolutely not. Let alone telling that person that you have deleted all your apps. That honestly, that's correct. That is the the most problematic part of the whole thing. And communicating that it, it, the question is obviously brief, but it's implied that I've deleted my apps because I see a future. Right. Right. Exactly. Like this person, he is saying that. He's deleted his apps because of us. Yeah. Not for any external reason. Yeah. I would like follow up from this listener. I agree. If, if you were, if this is you, please DM me. And so, but I do think that this is a scenario where it sounds like they already have a date scheduled. So I do think that there is a, a script necessary or it's ghosting. Agreed. Um, I do think this is a scenario where you could say why. If only to maybe help this person in the future. Interesting. Does this, I guess I feel like somebody who may love bomb is somebody who may lash out. I I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair assumption. It probably is. Um, So I guess you have to weigh that. If you're going to say why, you have to know that I might get some vitriol back. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you decide not to. Maybe you decide to just send the, you know, when you've already agreed to a date, but now you don't want to go script, mm-hmm. which does not give a reason. I think that that's up to the listener. Totally. But e- either way, I would not go on this date. I agree. I hope they didn't. I I really hope not. I think. We're, we're How long probably, ago was this was this question? I think from? we're probably too late. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no. yeah, so I hope they didn't go. Okay. Well, listener, please let us know. Give us an update. Yeah. We'll talk about it on the next episode. 
Um, but I think that actually segues nicely into the next thing we want to talk about, which is love bombing always intentionally manipulative? Because I think that that is the answer to that can help answer your question about whether somebody who is prone to love bombing is also prone to lashing out. Mm-hmm. Great point. Because, and, and I think in the case of the oyster, I do think it was intentionally manipulative. Yeah. Even if, I don't know if I want to use the phrase intentionally manipulative. It was because I don't think he set out to say, I'm going to manipulate this woman into liking me. Right. But I, go ahead. I think there's a difference between, and in like, this is going to sound, this is coming from a, um, a bar studying place. There's a difference between intentionally setting out to do something as explicitly as that, as in, I'm going to use this to make this person feel this way about me. And purposefully doing something. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's third degree love bombing, not first degree love bombing. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll knock down his charge. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, because I, I do think that I don't think he was entirely innocent. I also don't think he like met me with the intent of sucking me into this thing. Right. Of course. But I, I think that there is a pretty pretty strict correlation between those who are being manipulative and people who are likely to lash out because he did often. Yeah. Especially if I pushed back against a love bombing type thing. Mm, that's really interesting. And I think that, I, I, and again, this, this comes back to the difference in intent. My situation was this, was actually with my chef where mm. we had a good first date. I wanted, we agreed we'd see each other again, but it was, it was just like a good first date from where I was sitting. And then for the rest of like the night, he was texting me like how into me he was, like how it was amazing, how, oh no, yeah. And like how eager he was to see me. And like, he knows we said about, like we talked about next week, but could it be sooner? And I, it was just too much, but I think that was not, that was like just over eagerness, I think, because then what happened, nothing else was in conformity with that. Yeah. We were, you know, I wonder if it was sort of like coming out of COVID loneliness at that point. Um, <laughs> when, th- when this was like happening in the timeline of, um, quarantine and everything, or like the strictest part of quarantine and then sort of loosening. Cause I, I set a limit. And then the next day he actually, and like this actually didn't sit great with me, but then, like I said, it was fine. Um, he like dropped off like flowers for me mm. to apologize for like pushing or like not even pushing, but just sort of like, I-, I expressed that it was making me uncomfortable or making, you know, making me not feel great. Like, I was like, I don't know that you can feel this way. Like, you don't really know me yet. And yeah, how did how did you do that though? Because we got a lot of questions about how to set boundaries to avoid love bombing. Yeah, unfortunately, I've like deleted. <laughs> I've definitely deleted our text thread because um, I, I wish I did have it. I think that I said like, I think I said something to the effect of, "That's really flattering," and I appreciate clear interest. However. I don't know that you know me well enough for that yet. And so let's stick with the plan to see each other next week. Or, you know, it's something like like that. that. Yeah, because what you don't want to do, assuming that you are interested and want to go on another date, Mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is totally shut someone down to the point where they 
they think that there's not interest there if there truly is. It's just about setting that boundary of what you're comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really good. I did not do that well with the oyster. And to be honest, I was I was not uncomfortable with most of it because I was like swept away mm-hmm. by the whole love bombing fiasco. And only in hindsight can I see that that had happened. Well, it's – okay, I have a question for you. So I remember when as a um, as an early adopter to Finding Mr. Height, <laughs> I recall when you went on that first date with him. And yeah. I remember you posting about it. And at that time, when the account looked very different, you had this scale for like how good a first date was. And yeah. your best rating was like, delete all the apps. This is the person that like, I'm so into this person. And I'm wondering how yeah. you feel about that scale now. It, that's a really good question. And at the time, nobody had reached that number until him. And you gave him that number. Yeah. And I don't do that anymore because I decided yeah. that like rating dates is not helpful. Yes. No, I think... Everything is good about I, – I, I love the evolution. Also, to be clear, I was, and you know this, but just for the listeners who weren't around, I was always – I'm writing the date, not the person. So yes. like my own feelings about how the date went. But regardless, I think that doing that helped feed into those love bombing tendencies. Mm, interesting. Because that – you know, oh my God, num- you know, best date ever, delete all my apps, this is it. It's like the spark that we talked about with Logan Yuri mm-hmm. that like only one person could be that amazing. Right. And I know it never, right now. Yeah. And it, I also think that doing that so early on, it allows you to overlook things that you don't like because you're so sold on all these things mm-hmm. you've decided you like. That's a very, yeah, that's so true. And I did that over and over and over again with the oyster. And like, I'll give one one additional example of that was we were talking about um, family roles, Ro- a role of, you know, mother, father, wife, husband in like a family unit, how okay. we grew up, what, you know, our parents did and that kind of stuff. His mom never worked. Mm-hmm. She stayed home with him and his two brothers. Um, oh and God, he really- what? So no, three boys, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> and he really liked that model. Okay. It's what he knew. That's fair. You know, enough. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and uh-huh. he really liked that model. Um, I grew up with two parents who worked. My mom worked more than my dad, arguably. And I don't have any intention of not working. Mm-hmm. He really wanted a partner who was a full time parent. Okay. Which again is completely that's okay for him to want. Yeah. He made the he would make the case to me often, which is true, but he would make the case to me often that running a, a household and, you know, taking care of a family and, you know, doing that really well is an incredibly high functioning job. You know, like especially if you have a big family. Th- that a hundred percent is true. And yet there are lots of jobs, including that one, that I do not want. Right. So, But (laughs) when he would say things like that to me, I found myself thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Okay, maybe I could do that. Mm. And sort of like overlooking the things that I know that I want and the things that I know that I don't. Yep. Yep. And I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't been so, you know, blinded by this explosion of the beginning of our relationship. Yeah. I think also this is a little bit different than love bombing, but it gets in sort of, it gets into the sort of romantic, like romanticizing your own, uh, romanticizing the narrative in a way that 
keeps you from seeing things clearly. I have before, and I know others who have before will have a great meet cute and think that their relationship is functional because the story is so incredible. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but I really want this yeah. as our meet cute. Yeah. Where it's like, well, we must, we must be meant to be because we were not supposed to be seated together on the plane, but then this person had to move. And so then I sat next to her and yeah, it's, and it's like, no, that's no. Yeah. I, I've seen that a lot too. And I think having been through several situations like that, I now try really, really hard to adjust my behavior because I know that I'm susceptible to it. I know mm-hmm. that I feed into it. I know that I say things that lead to it. Interesting. That's very self-aware. What do you feel like you say? Like I want someone to say to me, I've never felt this way before or like you're amazing. Like I want compliments. Mm-hmm. Like I want – I want that. I know we have a couple like listeners that wrote in talking about that, about how the things that they've understood to be normal, they're now realizing aren't as much. Right. And like, how do they stop seeking that out? Yeah. And that's something that I've worked really hard on is to mm-hmm. not, to try to not seek that out because I am seeking people who are going to give that to me and those people are not right for me. Yeah. And I guess just to be very clear about the potential converse is that there are all those, you know, TikTok memes of, um, I want a boyfriend or like, what would you do? There's one, there, I like the sound where it's like, what would you do to get, uh, like I yeah. drive anywhere and, yeah. um, or like, I want a boyfriend. Oh, you're telling me somebody ta- like a man has to, I have to talk to a man no. and exactly. Or like I would date anyone, whatever one man talks to me. No. And so I I just want to be careful that the flip side of this is not being suspicious of somebody who is being kind and upfront and interested. Yes, I totally agree. I like to think about it as, what does this person know about me? Mm -hmm. And is that an appropriate basis for what they're saying and doing? Yeah, I think that's a very, very good um, like guiding principle, I'd say. And I think it gets to what we talk about a lot more generally too, which is that it's funny that I said we speak about it generally. Specificity is good. <laughs> um, yes. And so I think that's when you hear somebody say what they like about some somebody and it's specific attributes of theirs that they've come to know, then I think all, you know, that's a green flag. Absolutely. Yeah. Specificity is king. The camper, for example, I was talking to him about, you know, my job and I actually told him about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember if he'll... I don't know if he'll remember it, but he knows the name of this podcast. Um, so I told him about it on Saturday night. So you never know. Trivia but, does not know about the podcast. I did not bring it up. Okay. But I was telling him about all these different things I do, my old food blog, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. And he was like, wow, like you do all these different things. That's so impressive. That's really cool. And that is an example of a really specific compliment. Yes. That is based on stuff I've told him. 100%. Checks out. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's just something I, but you're totally right. You know, you don't want to go to the flip side and be like, don't call me pretty. What are you talking about? Yes. Like, I don't want that either. Yeah, no, exactly. Because I do think this can feed into the, um, is it a, is it anxious att- attachment that is sort of um, in that it's drawn to avoidant, but then once somebody starts re- uh, reciprocating positive interest, the an anxious person will pull away. That's anxious avoidant. Okay, thank you. So it's like anxious attachment is is you're you're anxious about how the other person feels about you. Mm-hmm. 
But then avoidant attachment is you're anxious about other people's attachment to you. Right. So when you're anxious avoidant, you get anxious that people about how somebody feels about you. But then when they are reciprocating, then you're avoidant about that. Yeah. Yeah, It's a very, very, it's not very many people are anxious avoidant, but it's a very conflicting one. Yeah. We don't want that. And we don't want that. (laughs) And I, I think that the oyster and I were both tended anxious. And I think that we like built upon each other's anxious attachment in a way that was super unhealthy. Yeah. We should do a whole episode on attachment styles. I was going to say when we were actually, when we were talking about this one, I I was going to say we should, we should do it, but um, yeah, we'll we'll do it soon. Definitely. Maybe we'll take, we'll take the test live or something. That'd be fun. Ooh, that would be fun. I really love that idea. Let's do that. Okay. Great. Anything else you want to say about love bombing? I was going to say, is there anything left on the list? I think we're done. Every time my phone lit up, I was like, oh my God, is it trivia? Am I going to get to have a text from a man? No, no, I will not. We've solved the issue. It's over. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Well, great. Ellie, new computer, new you. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot to mention in my updates. <laughs> the biggest update of all. The biggest update of all is I am coming to you live from my new MacBook Air. This is my first Mac that I've owned since I think high school. I think I had a Mac in high school. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. I'm very excited about it. I have no business buying a personal computer for podcast use only. Whatever. But to everyone who said I it sounded like I was in a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> there we got a review that said I sounded like I was in a submarine. Hilarious. And it is sometimes it was sometimes true. So with uh, with any luck, that will never be true again. Love it. Yeah. I mean, let's give some grades on technical difficulties. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> We've never done this before, people. <laughs> exactly. Um, but again, love our listeners. I also got some very and I also got some very nice messages, not only about the bar, but about talking about being lonely and mm. not only directly to me, um, but also I saw that there were some really nice comments on the, on the reel and yeah, it, it was really, it's, I, I think podcasts like this when they're at their, and you know, I'm just going to like pat us on the back. People can fast forward through this, but um, I think stuff like this, hopefully when it's at its best is able to create a sense of, you know, community when you feel like I might be the only person feeling this way. And I think that our listeners are just great at, saying, you know, I'm right there with you and I love it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think on that note, you know, as we get further and further into this podcast, we are going to probably need to get more niche with our topics and like dig into various aspects of things we've already talked about in general. Yeah, totally. So if you're listening to an episode like this one, perhaps, and something in there jumps out at you as something you'd want to hear a deep dive on, let us know. Please do. Like I can already, I can already foresee an episode about like setting boundaries with love bombing. Like I think we could do a whole episode on like what to say and how to handle it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll probably learn a lot. (laughs) Won't we all? All right. Well, this was lovely as usual. Um, I've, I've missed you. It was so weird. Not like text me a bunch this weekend. Um, I know. We'll be back online. Love it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.